something like. Yeah. I can see I was just giving you guys my stream of consciousness here. Um, okay, ready? All right, guys, we are rolling into a different type of a segment here on the Candace Owens show, the first of its kind, where I just want to give you guys my thoughts on what is going on today in this political climate and in this social climate. A couple of weeks ago, I posted a video on Facebook, which got a lot of traction, um, over 100 million views in just one week and was shared across the world's many different languages in which I discussed the Black Lives Matter movement and why I was disagreeing with the mainstream narrative, particularly uh, the one that was being produced surrounding the George Floyd killing. Now, I want to be extra clear here again, as I was then. George Floyd did not deserve to die on that day, and I think everybody in America agreed. Um, there was not a single person that was defending Derek Chauvin. But what I was questioning beyond that was just the narrative that this person was a good individual. I was discussing the tendency in black America for us to uplift criminals, uh, to pretend that they are heroes and martyrs when they die at the hand of white individuals. And I was discussing George Floyd's record, his own lifestyle of terrorizing the black community, a man who had spent nine different stints in jail and in prison. Of course, many people around the world thought that this video uh, was something that should be discussed and should be debated, and other people were completely outraged. Tons of reactions, some good and some bad, some in between maybe. Probably the biggest reaction or, or the most well-known person who reacted was, of course, comedian Dave Chappelle. He did a stand-up, uh, said some things that I cannot repeat for my audiences, said he wanted to assault me in my lady parts because he felt that I was diminishing the death of George Floyd by bringing up his record. In fact, he thought um, that the streets, which he described as alive, were justified in their reactions. He was basically offering uh, an excuse for the rioting and looting that we're seeing. He's saying the streets are finally responding in the way that they need to respond. Well, um, let's just look at black history to see if uh, the streets responding and the streets being alive with rioting and looting in their own communities has ever served us. Where have we seen this before in black America? You talk about the mid 1960s, the riots in Chicago, the riots in Detroit, where black Americans upset about race issues, burned down their own neighborhoods and rioted. And what was the conclusion of that? Well, the conclusion, of course, was that naturally the once flourishing cities, the automobile industries that were flourishing in Detroit and Chicago, they picked up, they packed up and they left and they depressed those neighborhoods. You want to know why Detroit looks the way that it does today? Why Chicago looks the way that it does today? Why black Americans struggle in those inner city communities today? Well, it's because they chased out the business owners who said, there's no point for us to be here if this is how our businesses are going to be treated. They took the jobs with them. They took the economy with them. And what we see today is the consequence of that. So we're going to repeat all of that. And uh, it's been endorsed by Dave Chappelle because the streets are alive. Black America is alive with anger, even if that anger, as we're seeing today, is not exactly justified. It's been just a few weeks since the uh, horrific death of George Floyd, and we are seeing a new story come to light. This is the killing of Rayshard Brooks, and I want to pause and talk about that particular case. 
First and foremost, when I first heard about it, it was on the internet, it was on Twitter, and people were outraged. I saw videos of Atlanta, where the shooting pl took place, on fire. I saw videos of people protesting and demanding justice. They burned down a Wendy's restaurant. And what I was hearing was that a black man who was running away from police was shot in the back three times. I was expecting to see a horrific video. I was expecting to see a video in which I would roundly condemn police officers. That is not what I saw. In fact, what I saw was a justified shooting of a violent criminal. The story goes like this. Somebody who worked at a Wendy's called 911 because a man who was intoxicated was blocking the drive through because he was asleep in his car. Uh, when the police officers arrived, they had difficulty waking Richard Brooks up. And when he finally came to, they asked him if he needed medical assistance. At that point, uh, Richard came out of the car and they began to execute their arrest. He immediately began fighting the two officers, gets out of their hands, grabs the taser out of the pocket from one of the police officers and proceeds to run. They pursue him on foot, at which point Richard Brooks turns around and fires the taser at the police officer. And a few seconds after that, the police officer fired and uh, Richard Brooks was killed. Uh, the response that I am seeing online is that despite the fact that a violent criminal had grabbed a weapon from a police officer and fired that weapon at a police officer, this killing was still not justified. I can't wrap my head around that. I cannot wrap my head around the conclusion that a police officer does not have a right to defend himself when he is being assaulted by and fired on by a violent criminal. You can watch the video yourself. There really is no dispute. The debate now that is being had, the debate that I am hearing that is being had is why didn't the police officer just let him go? In fact, one commentator said, well, he had gotten away. If they had just let him go, they had his car. They had all of his information. They could have just made an arrest later. Is, is the thought here that Rayshard just wanted to be arrested a little later, that he would have complied if the police officers had come around his place later and said, hey, I know it didn't work out back at the Wendy's, but we're here to arrest you now. Can we try this again? The job of a police officer is not to make sure a violent criminal can get away from the scene of an arrest to make sure that he stays alive. The job of the police officers is to make sure that the, the community at large is kept safe. The community at large is what was under threat when a man that was armed with the taser was sprinting away from police officers, when a man that was clearly intoxicated was sprinting away from police officers. There were innocent people in that community at large that needed to be protected. So what is the conclusion? Well, of course, we live in the world where everything um, that is up is now down and down is up. And apparently the mayor of Atlanta spoke out in defense of this violent criminal saying that no matter what he did, this should not have been the conclusion of the events. My question here is pretty simple. What is it that black America wants from police officers? What is it that all of America wants from police officers? Would it have been better if the police officer had died? Should the police officer have been the one that didn't make it home that night? Well, how are the police officers in question? One of them uh, is on administrative leave and the other one has been fired. The police officer who fired to save himself has been removed from his job, and this is now being called a homicide. I find this to be outrageous. I find this to be something that needs to be discussed and debated. Um, 
particularly in my community, in the Black community, the criticism that I often get is, Candace, how can you not support your community? My answer to that is, how could you think that that represents my community? My community is not a group of men that do drugs. It's not a group of men who taser police officers. It's not a group of men who assault police officers or don't want to listen to basic instructions. My community is the larger American community, a community built of law-abiding citizens who want to make sure that they can raise their children and their families in a country that they recognize, in a country that is not run by radicals, in a country that is free of autonomous cities and states being built, of radical individuals and socialists screaming and demanding justice and setting fires and rioting and looting businesses. That is not the America that I recognize. It is not the America that I want to raise my children. It is not the America that I want to see my family live in. And so I use my voice to speak out against it. My question is, why don't you? Do you really feel safe when you look around and you see people demanding that we defund the police? Are you believing the lies when politicians tell you that they just want to allocate some of the funding that the police stations have uh, and give it to community centers? Are you not seeing the same signs that I'm seeing in the city? Are you not seeing people holding signs that say abolish the police force? And let me ask you a question. Who do you think is going to benefit and is going to hurt if there are no police officers in society? Who do you think hurts? Do you think it's the wealthy people, the celebrities that are standing behind you saying, yes, we should abolish the police force? The celebrities and the wealthy people who have armed guards and private securities and live behind gated communities, do you think they're fearful if you abolish the police officers? Do you think that they need police officers when they've got a team of eight, nine, ten people protecting them? Or is it going to be people that live in impoverished communities? Because what happens when you abolish the police officers, it's not just an imaginary space that pops up and you go, okay, well, I guess there's nothing that's going to happen here. It's a vacuous space. No, what happens is somebody pops up to fill in that space. That somebody or is usually a gang. Gangbangers then start running the streets. They start being the people that you run to for protection. It becomes street wars. And so the people that live on the streets are the people that will be impacted. People that, like you and me, who will not be able to call 911 and get protection. Not the wealthy people, not the elites. They'll be fine. It is you and me that will be impacted by that. Black America, we are the, the minorities that live on the streets. Latinos Americas, we are the ones that represent the communities that live in these streets, that rely on police officers to save our lives. You know, 99.9% .9 of the time, the correspondences with police officers go just well. Um, but the media doesn't want to cover that. They don't want to cover that at all because they are insisting on this race war. They don't want to cover all of the um, young black Americans that die at the hands, the unarmed young black children that die at the hands of black men and black gangbangers, because that would go against the narrative. I mean, there are a ton of them. We've got two-year-old Levant White, two-year-old uh, Jassian Logan, 11-year-old Shemaya Adams, nine-year-old Chastity Turner, 11-year-old Takaya Holmes. Have you ever heard any of their names ever? Nope because they made a horrible mistake when they were killed. You see, they accidentally died by somebody of the same skin color as them, black, black on black. If only they had died at the hands of a white person, they might be remembered. If only they had died at the hands of a white police officer, they may have been buried in a golden casket. They may have had celebrities um, opining at their funeral. They may have had former vice presidents issuing statements. 
So many things they could have possibly had if only they had not died at the hands of a black male, which is the way that 95% of black homicide victims die. Over 95% of black homicide victims are killed by other black people. So my question is, what does black America want from all of this? Better yet, what does all of America want from this? We spent years years listening to the left argue that we needed to disarm law-abiding citizens. And their arguments, of course, were, if we got into a predicament, we could always just phone the police. Now, we see those same leftists making an argument to defund the police, to abolish the police. What are they after? Complete and utter anarchy and chaos? Because that's what it's looking like. That is what it looks like when you take a look at the images from the streets in Portland, Oregon. When you look at Seattle, Washington, it looks like what they want is absolute anarchy, where the mob rules. And by the way, speaking on behalf of police officers, they have the toughest jobs, some of the toughest jobs in America today. And let me ask you, who would want to take on that job in this political climate? Who would want to suit up and wear that badge knowing that you are so demonized, knowing that it has become routine for people to mock you and to hate you, and that is being sanctioned by the mainstream media? Who wants to respond to a 911 call saying that they are involved in a violent criminal situation? Who wants to respond to that robbery or respond to that shooting knowing that if that police officer defends himself, he could potentially ruin his life? He could be potentially called a criminal himself. He could be potentially locked up. He could potentially be facing a homicide charge. We are going to de-incentivize good men and women, the most important job in maintaining peace throughout a civilization. We know what happens when the police become de-incentivized. We saw this. It was called the Ferguson effect. Uh, back when the Ferguson riots caused police officers not to respond to the calls, there was an 18% increase in black homicides throughout the United States. Because why show up? Why not just let the gangbangers kill one another? Is that what we want? Is that what we want to see? Blood splattered in the streets with no recourse? Or do we need to address criminality altogether? Should it be the criminals that get into trouble? Should we stop protesting on behalf of criminals that get into trouble? We've now suddenly arrived into a situation in which the police chiefs, the, the mayors, the governors, the duly elected officials are too afraid to acknowledge when a criminal does something wrong because they're being pressured by the mob, because the mob is what is currently ruling America, not common sense, not rights, not justice, but the mob mentality. And so they get up there and they defend criminals. Where is that going to end us? We expect celebrities to virtue signal. We do not expect governors and mayors and duly elected politicians to virtue signal. We expect them to do the right thing, to defend the citizens that are abiding by the laws, not to defend the citizens that are breaking the laws. So in this message, I'm just asking to Black America, what is it that we want? We can't pretend that what we're looking for is equality. We're not looking for equality, right? We had equality. We got bored with equality. Now we want something more. We want to be treated differently. We want special privileges. We want Black privilege. We're accusing people of wanting white privilege. We want special privileges. We want to be able to fire at police officers, to assault them, and to make it home, and to tell police officers, maybe try later, maybe later, I want to be arrested. What we want is to have absolutely zero personal responsibility 
We want to be able to point to the white boogeyman for all of our problems and all the circumstances that we are in. I'm willing to admit that. I'm willing to admit that that is the natural trend that Black Lives Matter has gone into. It's not about unarmed black men anymore. It's about armed black men being protected now. It scares me to think about the direction um, that we are heading towards. It really is, because I, I don't see a way in which we can reconcile our differences reasonably. If we don't have enough voices admitting um, that we have a problem uh, in black America, we have a culture problem. We have a culture problem that is being fostered by a media which coddles us. And if we are no longer able to discern between what is right and what is wrong, there's no hope. There's no hope. Um, so I want to thank you guys for listening to this message. It, it came from the heart for me. Thank you guys for supporting. Uh, this is the first of many messages that will come directly from me and The Candace Owens Show. Thanks again. Thank you guys for watching the latest episode of The Candace Owens Show. I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation as much as I did. As many of you guys already know, PragerU is a 501c3 nonprofit organization, which means we need your help to keep all of our content free to the public. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation today. I would really appreciate your support.